What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are friends with fantasy benefits. Mike, how hard are you right now? Oh man, I, I've been hard since you, you know, said hi. Welcome to Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. Join with me on this episode is the ghost of Mike Warner. Ghost of Mike Warner, <laughs> how you doing? We are friends of Fantasy Benefits. There's a holiday this week. I'm in. I'm in the middle of Hanukkah right now. I don't know what other holiday you're talking about. Well, Shalom. Don't take this Just, to Sentiment Island. Don't take no. this to Sentimental Island. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. He said a bunch of different things, half of which <laughs> didn't make sense. It's like a four-minute-long video of him having no clue what the fuck's going on. Speaking uh, of another Patriots player in jail time, Aaron Hernandez is, again, linked to another murder. We are friends with Fantasy Benefits. Welcome to episode 94 of the Friends of Fantasy Benefits football podcast. I am Justin Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst for friendsoffantasybenefits.com. Join with me on this episode is the ghost of Mike Warner. Ghost of Mike Warner, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, the ghost of Mike Warner pastor, whatever the Christmas <laughs> term is. But yeah, I had to you know get my microphone out, dust it off. It's been a while. Um, I've had like no voice. I essentially had a really bad sickness for a couple of weeks and you know it required a lot of antibiotics and um, fluids and you know this is by far the best I've felt and have been able to speak in um, you know quite some time so nice to be back um, hopefully everybody had a nice fancy playoffs I know it's been a lot of stuff going on in the last few weeks but yeah it's uh it's it's been rough in terms of um, how I felt but it's also been kind of uh, rough in my fantasy playoffs as well and has it been rough for you I mean how are you doing in the fantasy playoffs well, well, I was in ten leagues this year. I made it in. I made it into uh, seven of the ten leagues that I uh, took play took part in. Um, I ended up only making the championship in one league. I know you and I are in a uh, three sport league, and so technically I'm in the championship there, but I don't really count that um, since we have three people that kind of face each other in the in the championship. And you're but, so far down after the week one of the two yeah. league championship, you shouldn't count it. Yeah, I'll be third. You know, I and I know nobody cares about my leagues or whatever, but um, yeah. So I I only made one. I had a ton of bad beats. This uh, you know, this these two rounds have been kind of tough. But regardless, you know, I'm kind of right there with everybody. I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's let's do it. Well, let's talk about me for a second. No, uh, nobody wants to talk about you. Let's move on. <laughs> I was in seven <laughs> leagues this year. Uh, 
which a little surprises me that you were in more leagues than me, but whatever. Um, I uh, I made it to into four of my league, uh, four of my playoffs uh, in my leagues. I uh, got eliminated in the first round in one, uh, but I'm in the championship in all all three other ones, including one where I delivered one of the worst beats I've ever delivered in in a in a, in a fantasy uh, football champ or a semifinal. Uh, went into the Monday night football game down five points. I had Deshaun Jackson. He had uh, Kirk Cousins in a PPR league, and somehow I won by four. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I, I remember you mentioning that on the uh, you know the group chat and everything, and I was just I mean I, I still can't believe you actually won that. If I was the opposition, I'd be very upset about that outcome. But you know, it, that's the way the fantasy football gods had it uh, in store for you. So you're welcome, I guess. Yeah, this is a league I've dominated for years, and I've never won. So like I've dominated the regular season for years in this league and a baseball league with say all the same guys, uh, and never won. Uh, uh, a championship. I, I won the baseball championship last year, and so this year I'm going for the football championship. So uh, hopefully I backdoored my way into it. So ho- hopefully I can pull it out. Yeah, my, my worst beat this last week was um, you know my my work league. So we have you know a bunch of people at my work that are in a, a in in the fantasy football and everything. And so um, not only that, there was a person the person I was playing in the playoffs. It was a girl actually, and um, she won last year. Go figure. But um, massive Dallas Cowboys fan, actually, you know, and as you know, I'm a Buccaneer fan. So on Sunday night, we decided, you know, me and her would go out and watch the game, you know, um, since obviously we're our two teams are facing off and we were facing each other in the fantasy playoffs. All, all that I had left over was Mike Evans. That was the only player left in the matchup. And she was up by, what, 15 points. So I needed 15 points or a little bit of more than 15 points from Evans in a PPR league to uh, get me the win. And I wanted the Buccaneers to win. I was 0 for 2 in both of those. And it was a very sad evening. Yeah, you should have had that one pretty easily. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, I was actually more upset about the Bucks loss. But, you know. Uh, whatever. It's re- regardless. You know, we're moving forward. All right, well, let's move forward. Enough about our leagues. Let's uh, try to help you guys with your we- leagues and uh, win you guys some championships this week. Uh, let's start with Thursday night football since we're recording on Wednesday, um, and hopefully, I'll have it up in plenty of time for people to listen to it. Uh, we've got the Giants at the Eagles. What's your takeaway, Mike? Yeah, my takeaway is Ryan Matthews and whether you should feel comfortable in starting him. And my answer, at least for now, is yes. Um, You know, the last couple of weeks, he's had 15 and 20 rushes, respectively. He's gotten into the end zone, you know, last week in particular against Baltimore, who has been a uh, top five rush defense pretty much all season. Um, The the real reason I think that he is a viable start for this week and you shouldn't have, you know, uh, you should have a good amount of confidence in him is just because, you know, Wendell Smallwood's out. You're not going to see him, you know, take any snaps. And then, um, you know, Kenyon Barner is also nursing a hamstring injury. So even with Darren Sproles likely going to be active this week, um, I still have Matthews as a borderline running back, too, because he's going to get the majority of those inside touches. I realize that the Giants have been a very good um, defensive unit this year in general. Um, but at the same time, I think that this is, you know, it's pretty much a volume play. And somebody's going to get 15 plus touches, especially at running back. You kind of have to take 
take notice. And, um, you know, somebody like Matthews, while he's not the you know most durable in the world, and he's certainly not as talented as he used to be. Um, he's still going to be in a spot that, you know, you can at least bank on the volume. So I, I like Ryan Matthews as a running back, too. Yeah, and I am playing him in that league uh, I was just mentioning uh, this week because I pretty much have no running backs left. Um, so, uh, and I agree with you. Uh, we are pretty much in lockstep in terms of what his value is. You have him as your 24th ranked running back. I have him as my 26th ranked running back. Uh, but as much as the Giants defense have been playing fairly well as of late, uh, the, the volume in itself should be enough to get you, uh, some points, uh, worth starting if you're in, if you're in a position where, uh, you could be a little bit desperate. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, let's pick the game. I don't really have, do you have anything else from this game? Because I mean, I don't really, I mean, I, I guess either team could be an interesting defensive stream, but yeah. I mean, I probably, you know, I mean the, the giants are probably owned in most leagues and the Eagles are so risky, especially on a Thursday night. I, I might just stick away from them. Yeah, there's really I mean, I have the Eagles as my 14th you know, ranked defense for this week, which is obviously like a you know borderline start. But the Giants, I mean, if they are available, I know, you know, sometimes people are streaming defenses every week. And, you know, obviously the Giants have been playing well lately. I have them as a top six option. And I know you mm-hmm. have ranked sixth as well. So, yeah, if for some reason, you know, the Giants are available, that's certainly where you would want to go here. I think, you know, if we're picking the game or whatever, I think that this is going to be a, um, you know, a Giants victory pretty handedly. Um, so if you're looking at it that way, I think that this is a, a scenario where, you know, you you might see a, a, a few turnovers from Carson Wentz and that Eagles offense and the Giants should be able to capitalize. I think this is going to be a little bit closer game uh, than maybe you might. Uh, I still think the Giants win, but uh, I mean, Philadelphia played Baltimore pretty tough uh, and probably could have and, pro- and should have won that game uh last Sunday I I think Philadelphia hasn't given up they're they're showing some heart the defense has some interesting pieces uh I think if they can hold uh Odell Beckham in check uh they should be able to keep the Giants from running all over them so I I think it's gonna I think the Giants win but I think it's gonna be closer and so I have Philadelphia as a top 10 play um uh, on my defense so go ahead and stream them up I probably will uh in a couple leagues yeah, blowout for the for the Giants is like what they did against Cleveland, which was like a t- what two touchdowns or like a touchdown yeah. and a field goal. So no, they're not going to blow them out. But regardless, Wentz. I mean, and I think there's like 15 division games this week. If I'm not, or maybe not 15. I think there's only like uh, maybe 11. Either way, there's a ton of di- or um, in division matchups this week. So those are usually typ- they're typically uh, closer games as opposed to blowouts. Let's see. I'm counting three. Uh, three, four, uh, five, uh, three, four, five, five non-division games. So eleven that would make eleven division games this week. Yeah, that's I mean that's a ton. So it might yeah. lend to a lot of you know close scoring. As far as Odell Beckham, I know I heard you mention him. He's gonna go off in this game. I mean the Eagles have been they've given up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last four games. And they they while they were really good at the beginning of the season, their cornerback play has just dropped off in, in an insane amount. Yeah, I mean you got to think they're gonna they're gonna try to double and then put a, put a spy over the top and things. But yeah, I think I think Beckham will definitely get his. All right, we're both taking the Giants. We can just go ahead and move on to Saturday because we have four days of professional football uh, given the holiday. 
uh, and the fact that nobody uh, cares as much about college football until uh, we get closer to New Year's. There's so, a holiday this week. I'm in. I'm in the middle of Hanukkah right now. I don't know what other holiday you're talking about. Well, Shalom. <laughs> I don't roll on Shabbos. Shabbos, Shabbos. <laughs> uh, let, let's uh, talk about the Dolphins at the Bills. What's your takeaway, Mike? Um, how about Matt Moore last week? I mean, I know I wasn't on to to talk about Matt Moore, but um, is he uh, arguably better than the baseball Matt Moore at this point? I mean, you would assume. Just how dare you? Game. How dare you take a <laughs> shot at my San Francisco Giants? <laughs> but um you know i guess my my takeaway from this game will be jay ajayi you know after being stellar for you know what three a three or four week period we've seen him drop off you know uh, mightily and really i think that that is just in direct correlation with the offensive line jeremy laramie tunsil i don't think is fully healthy they put mike pouncey on ir um you know so while adam gase is a magician i still i i mean i just i can't say enough how amazing of a head coach he is um i i just feel like this is a spot i ranked it Ajayi 13th at running back this week so you have to play him essentially but I'm very worried about this I'm very worried about the matchup I you know I while the Bills haven't been stellar against the run they they can bottle you up at times so and this is their life on the line I mean this if they win this game then all of a sudden they legitimately have a shot to get in and um you know while Miami has been on a really nice roll over the last few weeks or so this is a game that you know is it, so important that I could see it you know being a situation where they could possibly get Ajayi stuff so while I have him as a running back one essentially for this week i'm very worried about it and if you have other guys if um you know you're you're losing after thursday night or whatever um by a massive margin maybe you can um find another running back that you, you can go with that has a little bit of higher upside yeah i i think this game is going to be one that features the running backs the weather is not supposed to be good high of 39 degrees uh, freezing rain, uh, maybe some snow. It's Buffalo in December. So it's going <laughs> to be shitty weather, uh, which should lend itself to the running game. So, I mean, I, I'm starting both running backs on either side, uh, McCoy uh, and, and Ajayi. And, I mean, Gillisley, you know, especially in, in non-PPR standard leagues, you know, he is kind of the goal line dude there. So, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, – uh, <clears throat> I, I don't have any problems starting the running backs. You know, I think Ajayi will be fine. They're, they're going to need to move the ball on the ground because I think uh, teams, both teams are going to have trouble moving the ball through the air with what the weather looks like it may be. Well, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins and the Bills over the last four weeks have given up, you know, the Bills have given up the second most running back points in terms of fancy points per game and the Dolphins the eighth most to running backs. So I, I, I agree with that. Um, it, it's just really tough. Really, the reason the Bills are ranked that high is because they, they gave up massive days to, you know, I, I think it's uh, Le'Veon Bell. They gave up that like massive 300-yard <laughs> day, essentially, you know, and they gave up a lot to Latavius Murray and stuff, too. So I think that that's kind of part of the reason they, you know, are looking like they're that bad defensively. But we all know they're they're a Rex Ryan led defense. At times they can bottle you up. Um, it all just kind of really depends on how the game flow is going. I will and, mention with Gillisley. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to mention that you know I mean there was a report that came out earlier this week that Rex Ryan will not be retained. So, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, so that Rex Ryan will probably be fired at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm not usually the one for narratives. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the season, teams sometimes do kind of give up, uh, especially when coaches get fired. So that is something to kind of keep an eye on. They're, they're in the middle of a playoff hunt, though. I, you know, Buffalo? Um, 
Yeah, they, they still have an, uh, an ability to make the playoffs, especially if they win this game. I mean, they have to win out. They have to win both games. Yeah, play. they're there. You know, come on. They have an outside chance. Um, with Gillisley, I just wanted to bring this up really fast. He has received seven red zone touches um, compared to, what is it, 11 for LaShawn McCoy over the last three weeks. And I think that that's something that should be noted. I mean, while McCoy has been a running back one and has been great for fantasy this whole entire year, Gillisley has carved himself a nice little role here. And especially in 14-team leagues or deeper, there's um, certainly validity to starting him if you're in a pinch um, in championship week. I mean, a lot of people lost Melvin Gordon and are trying to kind of uh, pick up the pieces from there some people have mark ingram you know i mean there's a lot of scenarios where somebody like gillisley could be viable yeah i mean technically buffalo is still in the playoff race but they're two (laughs) games out from the number six seed right now uh and and they've got one two three four four teams that aren't in the playoffs right now that aren't, aren't wouldn't be the sixth seed of the season ended today in front of them, including Indianapolis who they're tied with and they don't have the tiebreaker with. So, I mean like, yeah, Buffalo's technically still in it, but they're not. Let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Jets or sorry, Buffalo at Miami or Miami at Buffalo. Who you got Mike? I'm going with Buffalo. Really? Yeah. I'm taking Miami, baby. Buffalo's favored in this game wow. with like a 13 over under. <laughs> wow. 13 over under. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, we'll talk about the Jets at the Patriots. Mike, what's your takeaway? Malcolm Mitchell, start him this week. Um, I know he faced Denver last week, and you know he pretty much got bottled up like he naturally would against an elite Denver secondary, especially on the outside. But um, this week against the Jets, I think you know I, the Patriots are always a team that you know strictly uses uh, different game plans per their opponent that they're facing. I love this matchup for Mitchell. Um, I also like it for Hogan if you're uh, going to go with Chris Hogan in a deeper format or whatever. But um, I love Malcolm Mitchell this week. I'm all aboard, and I think that you should be. Too. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of something on the Jets side. Robbie Anderson, maybe. I mean, we're living in a world, Justin, where I'm not even I, I mean, we ranked I think I ranked what 40 or almost 50 receivers this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 50 receivers I ranked and Brandon Marshall was not one of them. I mean, that that's that's the world we're living in. I don't know. And, did I rank Marshall? I don't think I did. There would be no reason to if you did. Uh, yeah. I, at the end of the day, this is a, a you know Bryce Petty. I, if he plays, I think he will play um, based on what I'm seeing. I have Robbie Anderson as a you know thirty as the thirty second wide receiver in my rankings, and that's that's because of the volume. I mean, obviously Bryce Petty just you know peppers Robbie Anderson with targets here, and I you know I don't think there's any reason to really steer clear of that. This is going to be a game where the Patriots are obviously going to be up. Um, so I you know I think that this is a scenario where if you're especially if you're you know looking for some type of you know deep league wide receiver like uh, on the Jets that's that's your takeaway is Robbie Anderson I mean Bilal Powell is also the you know automatic start here Matt Forte you know shouldn't have played last week but he did and you know now Bilal Powell has you know looked great the last couple of weeks here it looks like his volume is trending up as well um so you know if you pencil him in for 15 plus touches I think he's a top 20 running back as well so those are your two guys from the Jets Robbie Anderson and Bilal Powell yeah I'm not pro I mean I, I ranked Anderson but I'm uh, it'd be really, I'd be really hard pressed to start him in any format, uh, pal. Uh, I don't know where I ranked him. I, I, I bet I put him in the top twenty-five though. 
Uh, 20 seconds. So, yeah, I've got him as, a, as an RB2 for this game. I mean, just based on sheer number of touches. So, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to do a ton necessarily, but I think the volume might might add up to something, So especially if the Jets can get into the end zone. All right, Jets at New England. Mike, who you got? New England. Yep. Let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Talk about Tennessee at Jacksonville. <laughs> Speaking of teams that have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Buffalo Bills, Mike, what's your takeaway? You're so shocked that they have a mathematical chance of making it. They're not going to make it, Justin. It's okay. You don't have to like worry about it or anything. <laughs> no, I'm just going to mention every time there's there's some there's someone who's got a mathematically better chance than the Bills. <laughs> well, my takeaway is Derrick Henry. He um is, is out touching. He is a beast, and you know everybody that was you know pretty much handcuffing him all season might finally reap the rewards. I mean, Jacksonville has been um, one of the worst teams against the run all season long, while their secondary has certainly improved, and they've done much better in that avenue. Um, against the run, they haven't. And Derrick Henry has eight red zone touches compared to four for Demarco Murray over the last two games. They're getting him more involved. I, I feel like Demarco Murray since the bye week, really, even before the bye week, he was losing a little bit um of his you know, kind of elusiveness and kind of his power. And I, I think that he might be nursing just kind of the workload of the season. Um, it's kind of catching up to him a bit, kind of the Matt Forte effect in, in a, not the same, not the same level, but regardless, I think Derrick Henry is certainly somebody that you can look at here. Um, would I start him over Murray? Absolutely not. But I do think I haven't ranked 33rd this week. You have him at 34, Justin. Um, I think he's a running back three. And if you want to use him as a flex, I have no problem with that. Even if you want to use him as a low end running back two, if you're in a pinch, I think that that's a viable strategy as well. So I, I, I really think Derrick Henry needs to be um, put on notice a little bit more. Yeah, I, and I think he is a, uh, a guy that is probably a tad bit underrated at this point in terms of ownership because uh, I don't think most people uh, held on to held on to him for the whole year. I'm going to check his ownership percentage right now uh, and see where he's at. Yeah, only owned in 42% of leagues on ESPN.com. That's so, insane. Yeah, I mean, especially when you should be owning handcuffs down the stretch instead of like mm-hmm. your middling guy. Like Matt Forte is not ownable right now. Like you, you should have dropped him before yeah. last week. You know, I mean, in in favor of somebody like Henry. Yeah, I mean, you know, Murray looks great. He's still he's still the number one dude. But I mean, the fact that Henry got two touchdowns was used in, uh, a ton in the goal line. Uh, I mean, I, I think this is going to be what it is for the rest of the season. And I mean, if you're in keeper in dynasty leagues, I think Henry is the guy to own because Murray's contract is huge. It wouldn't be surprising to see Tennessee just cut bait on him or try to move him uh, at peak value. So, uh, I mean, Hen- Henry Henry's a stud and only only 42% of leagues. Yeah, go ahead and fire him up because Jacksonville, while they looked a little bit better defensively last week, uh, they're not going to, uh, you know, they just lost their coach for the year. So who knows what they're going to look like next. Yeah. Uh, why, why, why fire Gus Bradley immediately after the game? Like I, why didn't you fire him like after the London game earlier this year? Or like, I never, honestly, I never understand firing a coach before the end of the season. Yeah. Just like, fire I him. Don't get it. Like to yeah. me, that is like giving in to what the fans want. Well, it, it sounded to me like the person who fired him didn't even really want to fire him right then. Like they, he just did it. Like I, I don't. It, regardless, Gus Bradley. I, does yeah, it a seemed like to there. me that uh, what's his name, uh, Khan, the owner, was like, "Hey, listen, he needs to go, and if you don't do it, you're going with him." 
Well, that, I find that to be ridiculous. Regardless, he shouldn't have been fired then. Um, I, I think that that's a real, you know, real shot at him that you shouldn't have had to take or should shouldn't have taken in general. Because you know, I mean, regardless of how his record is, I mean, I think that he just was left with some pieces that he had nothing he could do with, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think he'll be, you know, a fine coordinator somewhere or whatever. I mean, we've seen some other coaches, and you know, I hope he gets or- another shot because the defense wasn't the problem. No, no. The problem was the number three overall pick at the quarterback position. And, you know, RIP Allen Robinson, like if, you know, we weren't on last week, but if we were, I was going to say that Allen Robinson was a viable play because of the Texans being a bottom 10, you know, pass defense over the last few weeks. And the fact that he had his best game essentially of the season against the Texans earlier this year. And he just, you know, again, shit the bed. And, you know, Blake Bortles is just that bad. I mean, talking about, you know, fantasy going forward, like you really need to kind of correlate your wide receiver plays with the quarterback as well because somebody like Blake Bortles who I was down on all uh, you know off season um, has re- has really derailed one of the best wide receivers in all football and going into next year if they don't do anything with their quarterback position if they just draft like a you know a fourth round rookie then you know Allen Robinson is borderline not draftable in the top eight nine rounds I mean if you're well, really looking I at it that way no I, I don't believe that I, I 100% do. Unless there was a quarterback change, there's no way that you can play on Robinson. Yeah, I think you're crazy. But We'll talk about that in the offseason. Yeah, but. we will. All right, Tennessee at Jacksonville, who you got? I got uh, – t- I, I want to go Jacksonville. I'm going to go Jacksonville. There's no way Tennessee makes the playoffs, right? There's no way. <sighs> I, I'm going to go Tennessee. Tennessee's not ready to make the playoffs, are no, they? No, they're not, but I don't think they will either way. <laughs> Minnesota at Green Bay, Mike. What's your takeaway? Ty Montgomery. Wow. I yeah. Mean, first off, I had him probably. This is another part of my you know sad story from last week. But I had him probably in you know three or four of my tournament lineups. And once I really looked, I, I actually Googled sickle cell trait, cold weather, and. Everything that I read said nothing but this is a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Somebody has a sickle cell trait problem. They can't play in cold weather. It, um, you know, it ends up making the the you know symptoms much worse and all that stuff. So I was like, you know what? There's no way I can risk that, especially with a guy that, especially with a guy that you know is probably going to get touches, but we don't know how many. Blah 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 blah. So we all know how that ended up. And you know, moving forward, Wait, was no, he I mean, was he good? Um, he was all right. Uh, yeah. I, I, oh, okay. you know, he was, he was certainly all right. I, I mean, I didn't catch it. I don't, I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. but um, I heard he did okay based on what I heard. Well, at least <laughs> like, you didn't tell someone else not to start time a cup. Yeah, <laughs> if there was a reason that you wanted me not to be on the podcast, it was to not say that um, for sure. But, um, you know, it, my, my main takeaway from this game, other than Ty Montgomery, you have to play him no matter what. He's a wide receiver, and he's going to get – you know, there's no other wide receiver that you can guarantee 15 touches for, and Ty Montgomery is guaranteed that. Um, Minnesota has been, you know, not the same defense over the last few weeks, and, you know, there's no reason to fade him, blah, 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 blah. But the, the main guy that I'm worried about here is Devontae Adams because – you know, I mean, I, would you play him? Like, that's kind of where I'm at here is like, I feel like Devontae Adams, the reason why he dropped two end zone balls last week was because the the air was just so cold. And I mean, it's really hard to catch a football when it's that when when you're mm-hmm. literally playing in like sub 10 degree temperatures. So I can I can give him that. But at the same time, I always have the same thought in my head of last year of just him dropping everything. And it gives me a little bit of pause in playing him, um, you know, especially in such a big week for fancy owners. I mean, this is your championship week 
are you willing to you know go down with the ship with somebody like Devontae Adams or are you willing to say you know what I'm willing to you know go somewhere else I have him ranked as my 19th wide receiver um, like I said Minnesota has not been the same against um, really any position over the last few weeks here um, you know I, I have if, him at 17 so I, I'm starting him I'm, I'm starting him you're starting him no matter what I mean it's, I mean it's, unless you've got you know, two or three guys, you know, I mean, you know, theoretically, I guess you could have Michael Crabtree and, uh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, um, I mean, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Mike, Mike Evans, you know, you could have easily drafted all four of those guys. um, Well, out of the slot, the slot that has presented some problems for the Vikings in particular the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, I mean you got to you got to you got to think their their premier corner guy is going to be on on Nelson uh, matched up on Nelson. So yeah, that's why I have him as tenth as opposed to being higher than that. Um, so I mean, you know, part of me almost thought about flip flopping them in my rankings, having Jordy Nelson ranked seventeenth and having uh, and, and having. Uh, uh, Adams, Adams yeah, Adams in the top ten because I feel like he's going to have the better matchup. I mean, yeah, the cold bothers you know some people more than others, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you got to go, you got to put your best talent on the field, and I, I think his matchup is good enough where uh, he, he should be able to at least get some kind of short patterns that he could turn up, you know, into big things. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to play him. It's just, it kind of gives me some pause. Um, he He's still been a top 20 receiver in terms of fancy points per game, even with that dud. So, you know, you're looking at a guy that's been consistent. And, you know, I already mentioned what happened in the slot, you know, against the Vikings. You know, they, they got beat up by that Philip Dorsett long 50-yard touchdown last week that came out of the slot. And, you know, there was, you know, Marquise Lee hit him up for 100 yards. I mean, there's multiple guys in the slot that have beaten him up. So I, I think it's a good matchup. I just always have that pause with Adams because of last season. It's just like I, I can't get over it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, but I mean, I think he, he's been a he's been a better uh, he, he's been a different guy this year. So oh, he's been amazing. He's yeah. been yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, on the Minnesota side of the ball, I mean, can you trust anyone? Um, Stephon Diggs. That's that's pretty much the only guy that I am willing to play in my lineup. AP got a lot of hype because he was returning last week, and I really couldn't understand why. Um, it was really kind of odd to me that there was all these people on Twitter kind of like saying, "Oh, play AP." Blah blah blah. I was on Jared McKinnon DraftKings, and you know. Once I heard AP was coming back, I you know was actually on him a little bit more because he was so cheap and you know in DraftKings you get the PPR you know eligibility there and it, he got like nine receptions. So you know if if you are in a PPR format, I still think McKinnon is a guy to go with because they don't. I mean Bradford's average depth of target you know is probably five yards or so. I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure it's somewhere in the five yard you know range. You know so um, especially in PPR, I think Diggs and McKinnon are your options here. But um, it, even in standard, I think. Mc- I think Diggs is the only the sole guy that you could possibly rely on here. And uh, you know, just a heads up: neither Peterson nor Diggs practiced uh, on Wednesday, so definitely yeah. keep an eye out. You know, games a, a day earlier. That's one day less. Stefan Diggs uh, was diagnosed with a concussion, or they originally said it was a concussion, uh, and then he was in the protocol. But then they corrected that to it was a hip injury. I don't know how you get those two fucking things confused, but. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, Peterson, after last week, he may actually just be done for the year. 
I'm done with him. I'm done with him in general, to be honest. I mean, he was averaging two yards a carry prior to, you know, getting injured. And then he's come back and, you know, you're certainly not going to get anything this season from him. If the Vikings don't improve that offensive line markedly in the offseason, well, he's, he's going to continue. Yeah, but he might return. You know, I would assume no. he would return. No, he's going. To, not. He's going somewhere else. He's going to the Patriots. You know, like our buddy Michael Michael Floyd. Who I don't know if you saw the video for Michael Floyd when he um. Uh, it, tell me you saw this video. Yes, I, I watched it last night. I, oh, I, it, it, awesome! It's, Just it's, awesome. No, it's awful. It is is extremely sad watching an extremely talented player. Uh, don't take this just, to Sentiment Island. Don't take no. this to Sentimental Island. He was in the middle of traffic, stopped at a light, passed out, and the, the officer couldn't even get his attention from banging his flashlight on the window. They had to like literally pound it over and over and over again for him to even realize he was awake. And then he wakes up and tries to drive away, which is even better. <laughs> Oh my god! It was, he couldn't. Mm. He couldn't even tell the officer where he was at. Yeah, he was I sitting know. There like, I feel uh, bad for the guy, dude. I mean, like, scores a touchdown earlier in the night, goes out and celebrates, uh, and you know, and well, he, you know, I don't. Listen, he I'm said not, he was watching his nephew. He said he was going to pick up his nephew or something well, like that. Well, he said a bunch of different things, half of which <laughs> didn't make sense. It's like a four-minute-long video of him having no clue what the fuck's going on. Um, but I mean, you know, I don't want to defend drunk drivers because I mean. In this day and age, especially an NFL player, they have like uh, they, they have services for the players, so they don't drive drunk. Like, yeah, it's, they it's, can call a number twenty four seven, and they get a free ride wherever they want to go. Beyond um, beyond irresponsible, and there's, I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened. So he legitimately has a problem. Yeah, you know, from from a very honest place, I I don't think this is funny. Um, I I do hope that he gets kind of the care he needs, and you know, gets everything kind of wrapped up in order because he is a very talented football player. But the Patriots so. picked him up. They did. I mean, they picked him up, and I, I they obviously knew. Is there this. any chance oh. that he could uh play i mean obviously probably not you know in the next week or two but you think we'll see if he gets jail time i mean i'm hearing that he can face legitimate jail time here so i mean if he does yeah then, I mean, he's a multiple offender know. so this this could be an issue so <clears throat> speaking uh, of another patriots player in jail time aaron hernandez is again linked to another murder um oh you know, jesus christ yeah so um you know i guess we'll all be waiting on that to uh you know see how that unfolds but yeah so apparently there is another murder that he is a possible um it, allegedly um you know i guess involved with but i mean well, I, it, come, l- 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 let's pick the game minnesota green bay Mike, who you got <laughs> well there's another patriots player no, I'm, um, I'm gonna go with green bay uh yeah i'm taking green bay let's uh let's go ahead and move on to san diego at cleveland mike what's your takeaway um, I don't want any of this game. I, I mean, I'll go with Phil Rivers, you know, Kenneth Farrell. I'll give him another chance, but you're playing him as maybe a flex option. If you played him last week, you likely aren't even listening because you're probably not in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, on the Cleveland side, you just pretty much can't. It, what really saddens me is that you can't play Terrell Pryor. Not only is he injured, but he just hasn't been on the same page with RG3, which is kind of different from the preseason because you saw him make a few you know, nice long grabs in the preseason with RG3, which made you feel like there was possibly you know, a scenario where he would be all right when RG3 returned, but that just hasn't been the case. So um, you know, you're looking at a very limited amount of players that you can trust in this game. Tyrell Williams, I kind of saved in multiple leagues to play in week 16, um, which is you know, kind of the, the awesome, the best scenario you can possibly get against the Browns. So you know, you're definitely going to play Tyrell 
Darrell Williams and, you know, probably Kenneth Farrow as well. But on the Brown side, I'm really kind of struggling with any type of plays here. Um, you know, I, I think maybe Corey Coleman if you're in a pinch. But that regardless, is, there's just not a lot in this game. Yeah, you play whoever the Browns take the first overall. So uh, that, that's about it. You think Melvin Gordon plays in this game? I don't. Thank you know, and God. Even, <laughs> yeah, he still has him in like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't practiced yet. If he practiced today, um, then I would have. He did not, yeah. Yeah, he didn't. So, I mean, if he did practice today, then I would have had a little bit of, um, you know, I would have thought that maybe he could give it a go. But I just, you know, I I don't think he's going to play. I I do think that Gates or Henry are viable starts. Cleveland is, you know, giving up a million points to the tight end position this year. So certainly somebody like Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates based on, you know, your tight end situation, which is I I think everybody's suffering from a bad tight end situation this year. Um, You know, they they might be viable, but there's just not a lot here. All right. San Diego versus Cleveland. Who you got? Going with San Diego. Oh, man. I want to pick Cleveland. Cleveland. Shut up. Let's I move on. I picked Cleveland to win last week. That didn't work out real well. Um, yeah, I'm taking let, – let, hold on a sec. Let, let me see. Who does Cleveland finish off the season against? I don't know. Uh, Checking Cleveland. They finish off against Pittsburgh, so they're not going to win the, yeah. at Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Cleveland to beat San Diego in the upset. You're ridiculous. Let's I move know. on. Let's go ahead and move on. To, um, I, I was just stalling, so I didn't have to talk about the Washington Redskins at Chicago. Clutch. So <laughs> yeah. clutch. Uh, you know, I mean, it being my game, I'll, I'll start it off this time. Um, dude, I hate Kirk Cousins. I mean, I love him because, <laughs> like, he helped me win my, you know, backdoor my way into the fantasy championship in that league I was talking about earlier. But in terms of, like, a quarterback, God, what an atrocious piece of shit. <laughs> well in fantasy he's you know been a top five you know quarterback over the last four weeks so i mean you certainly can hang your head on that and you know i mean somebody like the the bears is uh pretty nice i have him as a top eight guy i'm surprised that you have him outside of, I, that has to be just because you hate him right yeah, yeah and i mean the weather in chicago yeah so i well, mean you know I, I don't put too much stock typically in weather um and i mean ridiculous I did not even realize this. You know, he's the sixth the highest scoring quarterback this year. This on the season, that's awesome. <laughs> Is that that's absolutely atrocious? Uh, I mean, I do think Jordan Reed being out though hurts him a lot. You know, I think he's used to um, having yeah. him as kind of like a safety valve. And let's let's give credit where it's due. Like Carolina has not been a bad team. I think they've gotten caught up in a lot of bullshit this season. And uh, no, especially- Carolina's main issue has been the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line and Cam Newton just kind of bitching about no everything. Wide, no and, wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been a lot of little things that have made the kind of derailed this season for for Carolina. But as a whole, they are still a very solid team. I'm very worried about the Bucks playing them in Week 17 um, because of that. But you know, regardless, this is a. I mean, it wasn't a great matchup as much as everybody wanted to say that the secondary is so bad for Carolina. They've been much improved over the last few weeks. So I, I think that this is a scenario where you know Cousins just kind of got caught up in a game that they probably thought they could win fairly easily, and they you know ended up getting kind of hit in the mouth a bit. Um, but I don't know why you take Cousins. I mean, he's a you know he's a solid guy. He was somebody that got kind of felt like he got snubbed in the draft, and he's worked hard to improve his game. He's done well at doing that. Um, because you know, I mean. I, he, you know, he. Let's be honest. He's not a very good quarterback. He's not. They, no, they not, run, not they run regular. A, yeah. No, no. In real life, I mean, this is 
you know, the Tyrod Taylor conversation all over again. Like, are we talking about, is he a good fantasy player? And this is something I said at the beginning of the year. I had him ranked inside my top 10 at quarterback at the beginning of the year. And I said, this has nothing to do with how good of a quarterback he is. It has to do with the system he runs. And they make sure that he doesn't have to do too much, but they still throw the ball a fucking ton. And they have no running game. You know, but he's not a good overall quarterback. There's a difference between being a good fantasy quarterback and being a good real life quarterback. Kirk Cousin is a guy you cousins you want on your fantasy team. He's not a guy you want on your actual team. He is the weak link to that offense. So you're rooting against him resigning. Yeah, because I mean if he resigns, he's gonna resign for a shit ton of money. Yeah, absolutely. And they're gonna be locked in. And they're gonna be mediocre forever. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what happens there. But regardless, you know, Deshaun Jackson, you know, he posted 100 yards in that game. I think that you can count on him again, you know, this week. Rob Kelly, I think, is a solid play. Um, you know, I'll talk about it from the Bears' perspective. I think, I mean, obviously you're playing Jordan Howard. He's been every bit as good as we thought he would be this year. Actually, he's been a little bit better than I thought he would be. So, I mean, kudos to that. But um, I think Cameron Meredith is a sneaky play this week. He, you know, had eight targets in week 14 and then 13 in week 15. Um, while Alshon Jeffrey returned, he only got nine targets. And I'd say seven of those came on one drive. Um, you know, he pretty much had nothing going all the way until like the fourth quarter. Then one specific drive, he ended up catching that touchdown, which kind of saved his day but um you know regardless i think cameron meredith is in a very good spot here um washington i think will probably have josh norman on um alshon jeffrey more than likely which gives cameron meredith kind of a lot of room to work and very talented kid somebody that people a lot of people probably dropped um i i think meredith is a possible play this week especially in deeper leagues all right if i was gonna ask you one question uh in uh, who would you think is the highest ranked wide receiver in terms of points scored in standard uh, formats this year in this game, who would it be? Um, I would go with Odell Beckham. No, in this game. Oh, in this game? Yeah. Oh, is it Cameron Meredith because we were just talking about? No. It's your boy and my boy, James Jameson Crowder. Crowder. The yeah. 15th the 15th highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy football this year. Uh it's been a couple slow weeks last couple weeks, but without Jordan Reed in the game, this is when you should you should fire him up and be ready for him to have a big game uh against the uh 28th worst uh, uh passing or receiving defense in fantasy football. So, Jameson Crowder uh, if if you've been a little bit a uh, little bit kind of pissed off because he hadn't delivered for you the last couple of weeks, this is the time to go and put him in your lineup because he should have a huge game. All right, Redskins at the Bears, Mike. Who you got? Redskins. Yeah, hail to the <laughs> Redskins. Hail losing to a team that's way worse than you. I'm still taking the Redskins, but <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the next game uh, and talk about Atlanta at Carolina. Mike, which takeaway? <laughs> so uh, who do you think the top, what, the 11th best receiver has been over the last four weeks? Who do you think that's been? Uh, Taylor Gabriel. That's exactly who it's been. <laughs> and 
my my answer to that is that I mean, there's no way that the touchdowns continue. He's too small to have um you know this kind of touchdown equity um be something that he has be a consistent part of his game. While he's a great long field, you know, our stre- field stretcher essentially, great long target. Um, I, I think that there's just there's no way that he keeps this up. Um, in this specific matchup, I'm just not really going to be relying on that. I think a lot of people are. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I don't believe in Gabriel as being this good. I think that he is a possible, like, top 40 receiver, you know, going forward and, like, going into next year as well. And I think that he's a really, t- you know, talented player. I like him a lot. But in terms of w- relying on him for week 16, there's no way that I can do that. Julio's probably returning. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to take everything, but I just I don't feel good about Gabriel going into this week, and I would I would sit him on my bench. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the, the Panthers did a pretty good job of uh, bottling up the Redskins wide receiver core, uh, which in terms of overall production is, is a better overall wide receiver core. It doesn't have a Jones-like guy. But I mean, it's it's a much deeper core than than Atlanta, uh, and I, I don't see them I, I don't see them being able to bust out. I mean, Julio, even if Julio plays, w- what are you going to do with him? Because I, he's not going to be 100 percent coming in this game. Can you even start Julio Jones? Because I'm I'm not starting Gabriel either, um, you know, unless I'm desperate. Uh, but can you start Julio Jones? I would because he's had a couple weeks off and then they're going to want him to play a full complement of snaps to kind of get ready for the playoffs. So, you know, that that's why I would I would play Jones. I mean, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, I I and I and I have him ranked in my top 10, so I I agree with you. I mean, you, they I think they have to especially because they haven't clinched the division yet. No, they haven't. They are waiting on a Bucks loss um and then they have it clinched, but you know, it's it, kind of start your studs narrative. While I don't believe in that wholeheartedly, because I do think that there's certain scenarios where you don't start your studs. I think in this this situation, I would. I mean, with Hula, you you have to play him and you know feel good about it. Cam Newton, on the other hand, you have to play too. I know, like for multiple weeks this year, he hasn't been playable, um, especially in ten teamers and such. But you have to play him this week. I think both both you and I have him as a top what seven option, and yeah. he really kind of came back last week. I think that you know the the next two games for them are going to be really good for Cam Newton. So I, 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 lo- I love him this week and I love him you know, going forward as well. Yeah. Funny, funny enough. I have Cam Newton ranked seventh this week and I have him the lowest in the entire division. <laughs> I have, I have all four, uh, all four NFC South quarterbacks ranked in my top seven this week. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I have I, Winston, me and you have Winston and uh, Newton flip flopped, but you know, <laughs> but we both close. have breeze number one. Uh, and, uh, we both have Matt Ryan number five. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I mean, unless you have an NFC, uh, uh, South quarterback or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Andrew Luck, I, I think you, you got to start him. So, yeah. If you think that this is going to be kind of a shootout style game, I do think Tevin Coleman is worth a, worth a look. I have him same as you at 29th at running back. Um, if you're looking at like him and Terrence West, you and I both have, um, Coleman higher. Um, so I think that there's, you know, certainly some yeah. merit to playing him. I'm, I'm a little bit, I, I may drop Coleman a little bit. I, I, you know, after watching that game uh, a second time through, cause, I mean, the first time I watched, you know, a, as a fan, um, and I, I rewatched the game uh, uh, on, on the fast forward uh, last night, and Carolina looked really good up front, like in the middle. Well, they naturally are. I mean, they got Luke yeah. back, so. <laughs> um, so I mean, I don't know if I would start Coleman unless I was desperate. I may bump. 
you know, the hard part is, you know, who do I bump him below? Uh, I'll probably bump him below Derrick Henry. Um, yeah. Well, you but, and I both have um, – we both have Chris Thompson um, both ranked higher than uh, Tevin Coleman. So, yeah, you know, there's there's definitely some validity. You know, nobody's playing Chris Thompson. So, it, I mean, there's validity to playing that – you know, playing Thompson over somebody like Coleman. If you've been playing Coleman the last couple of weeks, I mean, he got an amazing matchup against Sam Fran last week. So, you know, I mean, there's been people that have probably been playing him or riding him the last couple. Yeah, uh, I, I would uh... – I mean, obviously Devontae Freeman is is a is a must start, uh, but yeah, I think I might actually uh, lean towards uh, sitting Coleman if if I have a better option. All right, we have Carolina versus Atlanta. Mike, who you got? One of the highest over unders of the week. I'm going to go with Carolina in the upset, just because mainly because I need the Falcons to lose. Um, I'm going to go Atlanta because you went Carolina. <laughs> I was actually going to go Carolina, and you just screwed me. So I'm, I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, Indianapolis <laughs> and Oakland, Mike, what's your takeaway? Um, I think that this is. Um, I think this has fantasy goodness written all over it. Yeah, so right. I, this I like be all, the highest over under. Yeah, it is. I think it's at 53. So I, I love all of it. You know, that's all I really am going to say. I mean, I love Derek Carr. I love the Colts offense. Um, I love Andrew Luck, obviously. Frank Gore's a start. T.Y. Hilton's a start, obviously. Um, I, I am a little worried about Dante Moncrief. I mean, all season, essentially, even when he's been quote-unquote healthy, he's been a touchdown or bust guy. So, you know, even when he returns this week, which it looks like he will, I, I don't think that you can count on anywhere, you know, more than like six or seven targets. And you kind of have to just pray that he gets in the end zone. So, I, I certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, don't feel comfortable having Moncrief in my lineup. But I, you know, if you have to start him, I think that there's um, certainly a case to be made to do that. But regardless, I love everybody in this game. There's not much to really kind of focus on. They're all starts. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, uh, I'm firing up. I mean, I, I'm willing to fire up Moncrief if, if I'm if I'm struggling at wide receiver. Uh, but more than likely, if you're in the championship matchup, you're probably not. So. Uh, I, I think Moncrief, he, he, he's a risk-reward kind of play, but, I mean, against that Oakland pass defense, he could, you know, with T.Y. Hilton drawing a lot of attention, he could uh, eat if he is healthy and, and ready to go. So, uh, and, I mean, uh, what are you doing with, uh, you know, on the Oakland side of the ball, you, you know, what are you, I mean, obviously Crabtree is good to go, but Amari Cooper has been extremely disappointing for fantasy owners. Yeah, two of the last few three weeks, he's had four or less targets. Um, he's certainly I, – I feel like we have overrated him as a fantasy community, not in terms of his talent, but just in terms of the situation. I, I think Crabtree and Seth Roberts, you know, both of them have more end zone targets than he does on the season. So you're really looking at a, a loss in touchdown equity there automatically. And, you know, if he's not getting more targets, which he isn't, you know, I mean, he has the same amount of targets the last three weeks as Seth Roberts. Um, and Michael Crabtree has 26 compared to their 17. I mean, that's that's a massive difference. Um, so I, I don't feel great about Cooper, but he's an automatic start just based on the matchup alone. You have to play him. Um, if you have the, I mean, if you're making a decision between the two, which you shouldn't, based on our ranks, we both have them both in the top 10. Um, you know, I guess if you're making a decision, I would go with Cooper just because I feel like the upside is higher. But I just, I, you know, I I, I think that as a whole, we've overrated Cooper a bit. Uh, I I mean. I, I agree and I and I disagree. I mean, I agree in terms of you've got to play him, you know, uh, because you know he is he he he's a dynamic talent. 
the you know Indianapolis pass defense is nothing to write home about. You know, to me, I'm you know wondering if you know the, the issues that David Carr has had with his pinky has affected his ability to stretch the field. And maybe yeah, that's the, a very good point. You know, yeah. that's that's the reason why Crabtree's getting more looks because Crabtree doesn't tend to stretch the field in the same way that Cooper does. Yeah, it's a very that's a very good point. I you know we I didn't even think about the you know fact that you know Derek Carr's thumb has been messed up. But you know what game did they do that in week thirteen maybe against the Bills? Um, and since I mean at least since week I mean since week thirteen at least he you know last uh, against KC he had a he had probably the worst game of his career, one hundred and seventeen yards and no touchdowns. And then in, against San Diego last week he only had two hundred yards and one touchdown. So I mean, maybe it's getting a little bit better, but I mean, the last two weeks have been horrid for Derek yeah. Carr, which you know gives gives he's, some credence to that for sure. Yeah, he suffered the injury in Week Twelve uh, against against the Bills, uh, or I guess Week Thirteen against the Bills, um, and since then Amari Cooper uh, has had two receptions, then five receptions for twenty nine yards, and then last week one reception for twenty eight yards. I mean, to me, it's really kind of pointing to maybe there is there is an issue in terms of Derek Carr's ability to move the ball down the field. Um, and I, I'm still starting him because I think the, the Raiders will uh, make a game plan, especially against Indianapolis, to get Cooper the ball. But uh, I, I can understand people being nervous. And, you know, we're at week 16. More than likely this is your championship game or you're in a two-week playoff uh, you know, that includes week 17. Um, there's nobody that isn't droppable at this point. Like absolutely you, you have to win. So like, if you feel that, I mean, if you feel Amari Cooper, you need to drop Amari Cooper because, uh, you know, you need to get someone you, you feel is guaranteed to get you, you know, seven, eight points, uh, then go ahead. I, I understand it, but I, I think Cooper's in for a big week as to you. Yeah, well, and always play who you want. Like, if you feel in your gut that Cameron Meredith is going to go off this week and you're nervous about Cooper, then do it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your team, and, you know, you you know, live with – it's what you can live with. If you can live with Cooper on your bench having a massive game and Cameron Meredith being in your lineup and getting giving you a dud and that being the reason that you lose, then do it. You know, I mean, by hearing that, you know, out loud sounds ridiculous. You know, I mean, you want to play the guy that has the highest upside, and that's obviously Cooper. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I like uh, I I almost lost my you know my matchup last week because I played Cooper, you know, over, you yeah. know over Cameron Meredith. So you know, Cooper it, in particular has been. I mean, like I just mentioned, you know, four and three targets in two of the last three weeks. I mean, that's that's not a you know something that you can um you know feel great about going into your fantasy. <laughs> week i mean i think it's more of a situation where you know you have to just have faith you know go into your bible a bit and you know start praying a lot that he gets you know eight plus targets and that you know he catches a long touchdown which is easily doable against the colts i mean this is i mean the highest over under game of the week that's why we love it yeah all right indianapolis at oakland who you got uh i'm gonna go with the colts and the upset wow you're just picking upsets today I'm, i'm taking the raiders at home dude the colts have been solid so, I mean, they're not a good team, but they've, they've been all right. <laughs> they're not a good team. Uh, no, the Raiders, man. The Raiders going to the playoffs. The, the Raiders, let's be honest. The Raiders have no chance of making it to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, we're a, there's no way they go into Foxborough and win is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really much of a way they go into Foxborough and win either. 
but you know they're one win away from clinching the or clinching a first round bye. And they're, uh, you know, a stumble by the Patriots away from having home field advantage. So uh, I think that they are a team that loses in the division round. They've gotten lucky on a few of their games this what year. Think Pittsburgh, had, Pittsburgh or Kansas City goes in there and beats them. I don't think KC does, but I think Pittsburgh is a possibility. I do think that if Baltimore got in, that they are a team that could go into Oakland and win as well. So, I mean, we'll see. But I just think that the Raiders are the type of a team that could lose in the divisional round. All right. All right, let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next game, and that is your game, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. How much are you sweating right now, Mike? <laughs> so much. <laughs> I love how everybody was like, oh, don't play. I-, I wish, again, I was on last week because I would have been able to say, start Drew Brees, for the love of God. There's no way he goes three games in a mm-hmm. row putting up duds, and I think it was pretty obvious that he wasn't going to do that from the outset. So so when you were trying to talk me into sitting Drew Brees in our three-sport championship week one, uh, you you were just trying to get in my head then. Probably. I don't recall doing that, but I was probably hopped up on a lot of medication, so that's probably why I don't remember. Um, Yeah, it was probably just strategy at that point, but um, in terms of this game, you have to love everything. I mean, Doug Martin, you have to start, even though he hasn't been very good since he's come back and they've kind of limited his role. Um, you have to play him against the Saints defense, which is improved, but certainly isn't, you know, somebody you're afraid of. Um, this isn't division matchup, so I'm a little worried about it being lower scoring than the 52 and a half over under that it currently is. But, um, you know, I think you all know the starts in this game. I mean, Mike Evans is an amazing star. Jameis Winston. Um, Cameron you obviously. Bray. Yeah, Cameron Braid's amazing start as well. Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks. Um, there's also Willie Sneed if you are in a deeper format. So um, I, I guess the the ones that are question marks is somebody like Mark Ingram, you know, versus yes. Tim Hightower. What are you doing there? Um, you, know, you could both. also look at. Yeah, I, I like both of them, and I also like Kobe Fleener this week a bit as Me well. Too. If you're looking at a uh, kind of deeper format or deeper league ad, so um, I think there's just a ton of options to go with in this game. And you know, the sorry, my voice is already starting to cut out. It's been a long time since I've spoken this long, but yeah, I, I like everybody. Yeah, I like everybody too. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, Mike. Who you got? Tampa Bay. Come on, let's go. New Orleans in the upset. I, I hate you. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> Tampa Bay's going to lose for the Redskins to make the playoffs. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move to Arizona at Seattle. <laughs> Mike, what's your takeaway? Tyler Lockett, man. I, I feel like he is finally you know, coming back and doing what we thought he might be able to do all season long. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson has been hurt the majority of the year. And then, you know, the last few weeks, he's finally been kind of healthy and everything. But, you know, last week, seven for 130 and a touchdown against L.A. I love this matchup again. Um, he's not going to be matched up against Patrick Peterson, which is obviously um, a good thing. Um, I, I think that Tyler Lockett is a legitimate wide receiver three star this week, and I would have no problem playing him. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more tentative on Tyler Lockett this week. I mean, they were playing the Rams, so uh, you know, the team that's following them up the last few times that they played. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no, I'm not buying that. Let's you know, you know, he last time he played him, he went, he got caught four balls for uh, pretty much 100 yards for 99 yards. So uh, last time he played Arizona, he caught two balls for 13. So, I mean, should he outperform that? Yes. But is he, uh, you know, over under 100 yards? Uh, I'll, I'll take the under. Uh, you know, over under one and a half touchdowns, I'll take the under. I mean, over under that on anybody. And you could take the under on that, like, the majority of the time. <laughs> All right. Board or 
brag bet, whatever we call it here. Uh, Tyler Lockett is a top 27 wide receiver this week. No, no. You have him at 28, and I have him at 44. So technically, you're higher in your wide receiver ranks. I am at 28. yeah, we'll split the difference. You can be we'll we'll do uh what thirty six. We'll do a thirty six. Wait, wait. You, you have him at forty four, and you're talking about how like he's a good play this week. Yeah, he can be a wide receiver three. That's what I was saying. Yeah, no, wide receiver three is thirty six or higher in a twelve team league. Well, regardless, some team some people are in like deeper <laughs> leagues. You know, like if you're not playing Terrell Pryor, you know, maybe to play Tyler Lockett. I'm not playing Tyreek Hill this week. You know, so I would play Lockett over Hill. Um, you know, I would need, I would need to modify my I'm ranks. Mo- I'm now moving, moving Tyler Lockett down my ranks. <laughs> but regardless, I think he's a play. We can, we, how about we do 36? If he, if he's higher than 36, then I win. If he's under, then you win. I'll do 35. Okay. That's fine. All right, deal. All right. Let's go ahead and, uh, pick the game. Uh, Seattle. Versus- You're not going to talk about anything. Oh, uh, what is it talking about on the Arizona side of the ball? I mean, yeah, you know, Fitzgerald terrible. Like I talked about from the beginning of the season on, um, John Brown well, took a step forward and is probably available in a shit ton of leagues right now. Yeah, don't don't play John Brown or JJ Nelson at all yeah, in mean, Seattle, even though yeah, they're better I mean, than. You're not going to play. I mean, outside of David Johnson, you're not playing anybody on on Arizona, and you know you're going to play Doug Baldwin. Uh, well, you know the running game in Seattle. I mean, how do you feel about Rawls? I don't feel good about Rawls. He's only had essentially, what, one good game this year, and Arizona's been pretty solid at stopping the run. But at the same time, like, who are you going to start over Rawls? You know, he's a guy that's assured of 15-plus touches. Um, you know, I, I just don't know where else you really go. You know, you ha- you kind of or you know, you, you kind of have to. Yeah, you have him at 21st. I have him in 22nd, which means they're gonna, he's a low-end RB2. I mean, you know, I would start Tim Hightower over Rawls. Um, I wouldn't. I'd play Rawls. Okay. Uh, I would take, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I, w- or would you start Chris Thompson over Rawls? Yeah, I would. I don't think I could do that. Um, uh, in PPR, I could. Kenneth Dixon. Uh, that's really tough. Um, I would still go Rawls, barely. I'm going to go Rawls, barely as well. Ryan Matthews. Matthews. Barely. I'm going to go Matthews as well. Uh, Derek Henry. <sighs> Rawls. I'm going to go Rawls as well. Uh, last one. Uh, let's see. Who is that? Uh, Bilal Powell. Um, Powell. Yeah, I'm going to go Powell. All right. I think we're all kind of lockstep. I mean, you know, borderline RB2 this week. Uh, you know, it kind of just depends on on who you got. But, uh, you know, it's volume play. You know, you yeah, know absolutely. he's going to get the majority of the carries. Um, but, you know, probably nothing too spectacular. Arizona has got a decent defensive front. So, um, but you know that Seattle is going to try to establish the runs, so he's going to he's going to get his. But it's just probably not going to be greater than maybe you know, uh, you know, twenty touches for eighty yards. You know, it's whether he gets in the end zone or not. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, uh, Arizona at Seattle. Did I give enough analysis this time, Mike? 
Fine, finally, geez, that's all I was asking for. Uh, I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Seattle as well. San Francisco at the Rams. Is anybody worth starting in this game? <laughs> is Todd Gurley worth starting? Because everybody's like automatically back on the bandwagon this week. I'm as a top ten running back, and I feel fucking terrible about it. Like I. Like every bit of me wants to say, you know what? I'm putting him back down to 30. That's where he deserves to be. I shouldn't even do this. But the fact that he's played in San Fran, I just, you know, he's still getting 49% or or I think it's 45% of the Rams touches in general. Like 45% of their offensive plays are going to Todd Gurley. You would assume if he's going to get 45% of the plays against San Fran that he's going to be a top 10 running back this week. But I mean, honestly, like on a scale of like 1 to 10, how, how good do you feel about that? I mean... It depends on who I've got. I mean, I got him as a top 10 play, too. But you could conceivably have Spencer Ware and Jordan Howard, and I wouldn't play him over those guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, just, and I, I mean, mean, like, to know, be real, I'm going to play him. You know, I'm going to play him. But I just I wouldn't get too overzealous in, in terms of projecting him to outscore a ton of guys. Like, I just I, – it's really tough for me. You know, how, how much of you is feeling in the back of your head like this might be a Trent Richardson situation? Like, I mean, some of this is the Rams' fault. No, no, this is the Rams' fault. This is the Rams' offensive line, the Rams' yeah, coaching staff. How many, I mean, how many guys kind of overcome that stuff and are able to still put up numbers? Like, I mean, Todd Gurley has had multiple times this year where he's had the ability to, you know, break tackles or do some of the things that he did last year, and he just hasn't been able to. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw last year that, I mean, he, he's got special talent. So, I mean, and, and and we've seen flashes of it when he's had running room, uh, you know. Uh, so, I mean, to me, it's not a, you know, uh, to me, to me, this is this is this is the team around him. I mean, they've got no quarterback. They've got barely any wide receivers. The offensive line is, is shitty. Jeff Fisher was their head coach. Here's my question because we haven't recorded uh, you and me in in, in a few weeks um, because you were sick. Uh, how did Jeff Fisher get an extension and get fired in the same season? I don't know. I think that there was an out. Like when when he made the when I saw the extension news, um, like I, th- I think there was a couple guys that said that this doesn't really mean anything. He can still be fired at any time. Like they're just extending him if he were to stay. Oh, so, okay. So what, it wasn't a matter of. Because I was like, did they just pay him to go away? Like, did they just give him two years? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's no, like getting was... a promotion and being fired the next day. Yeah, like we're gonna we're gonna give you like a hundred thousand dollar bump in in price each year and um, ask you to leave at the same time. Yeah, no. we're gonna pay you money to leave. Get out of here! But no, <laughs> I, I, you know, where are you taking Todd Gurley next year? Um, in yeah, terms of a... in terms of running backs, we don't have to say rounds because. I mean, I think that depends on format and, you know, and strategy, but let's do what would you rather. Obviously, you're taking David Johnson, right? Yeah, I think we can firmly say David Johnson, Johnson Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. LeSean McCoy. No, DeMarco Murray. McCoy. Um, no, well, I see. I think I'm take depending on depending on what they do in the offseason, I'm going to take uh you know, both teams, Buffalo and in the Rams, because LaShawn McCoy may not be on that team next year. Yeah, he, that's true. he may not be in Buffalo. Well, um, and you yeah. also have some rookies. You know, you have Delvin Cook, you have Leonard Fournette. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple other guys that I'm I can't not taking off any rookies head. over Gurley. So. I know, but you said or, that about Zeke, Zeke, and you know, we all and know I how that out. I, yeah, I was I was wrong on Ezekiel Elliott. 
Someone pull that drop. But, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was right on LeSean McCoy. So, I'll, you know, I'll take my wins where I can get them. <laughs> um, no, you're right. But, I mean, I think – how about Latavius Murray? That's a good – that's a really solid, like – No, I'm taking Curly. Yeah, I'm taking Murray. Really? Yeah. That's insane to me. Let me let me let me preface this by saying that I had Todd Gurley as my number one running back this year. You know, so the talent I know is apparent. Like I I but I haven't seen the same talent. It hasn't even, it it's been beyond what the offense has provided for him in terms of the offensive line and the scheme and all that stuff. It's been beyond that. I mean, he looked better last week, so I'll give I'll give him that credit. But at some point, you know, yeah, you you can obviously be talented, but you have to be able to consistently do that. And I just haven't seen that consistently from him this year. I can't. There's no way in, in good conscience I can have him as a top, you know, eight running back when I haven't seen that from him literally all of this season. I mean, we're looking at a whole season saying, you know what? It was just the team and just throwing it out like like it was nothing. All right, I, De- I can't Demarco Murray's on Tennessee next year. Are you taking Murray or? Uh... Yeah, I'm taking Murray. You taking Melvin Gordon? Um, yeah, yeah. Legarrette Blunt? No. Devontae Freeman? Yes. Um, Lamar Miller? No. Carlos Hyde? Yes. Jeremy Hill? No. Jai? You no, no, I can't. Spencer Not Ware? Yet. No. Okay. So, but you have you have Gurley almost outside your top ten at running back for next season. Yeah, as of right now, and yeah, things can obviously I, I, change. I, and I think I still have him in my top top seven. Yeah, and I mean, this is like just so early to have this conversation. So, you know, it's tough to really gauge it. But at least for right now, I'm really worried about Gurley as a player, not necessarily as in terms of what's around him. Yeah, um, I, I, but, don't, I don't think the talent's a question for me. And I think that's where we differ. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. All right. Uh, anything on the Niners side you want to talk about? I think Kaepernick is a solid start this week if you want to go that route. Um, the Rams are giving up, you know, they're in the bottom five in fancy points per game allowed to quarterbacks over the last few weeks. Obviously, that's, you know, kind of, um, you know, echoed by who they faced and, you know, the team around or the, their team in general just, you know, scuffling so much. But um, I do like Kaepernick this week. I think it's, you know, a solid spot for him. Hyde has been great, too. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the 49ers, when you're talking about fancy, those are the only two guys that you can mention. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Hyde's a solid start because you know he's going to get his. Uh, Kaepernick, I mean... Kenny Britt, you can play this week, too. Yeah, Kenny Britt, you can play. I don't know. Kaepernick, to me, you've got to have a better quarterback situation because, to me, like you you could get you know a huge game or you could get an absolute absolute zero from him. I agree. I mean, because if you're the in game the championship... Plan, like, the game plan, to me, is like such a crapshoot. You have no idea what they're going to do. In a game that should be fairly close and fairly low scoring... I could see Chip Kelly deciding not to throw the ball at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're in the championship, likely you're you likely have, you know, Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, you know, somebody like that. Phil, anyway, Philip so. Rivers, Mariota, Stafford. Yeah. Even if you I mean, I guess one comparison that would be tough is like Derek Carr. If you got, you know, through your whole no, season yeah, no, yeah, with Derek, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I'm there's no way I'm not taking Derek Carr. 
Yeah, and I would play Derek Carr this week too. So, I mean, regardless, I think it would be a stretch. But if you're in a, you know, a deeper format, like a 16 teamer, and you end up, you know, you ended up making it there with Eli Manning, I think that there's a legitimate, you know, chance that you could start Colin Kaepernick and feel better about it. Understandable. All right. uh, Niners, Rams. Who you got? Rams. (laughs) I'm going to take. Oh. I'm going to take the Niners because I think right. they're, they're going to screw themselves. So that of a better draft pick. All right. Cincinnati at Houston. Mike, what's your takeaway? Is DeAndre Hopkins startable this week? Because Tom Shavage targeted him like 15 times out of the 17 he saw last week after Brock Osweiler left. I think he is. I think he is too. Uh, but what about AG Green? I think he is too. Put it on the board. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like both of them. I, I, I think if Green plays, it's because he is legitimately ready. And I think he'll also get, you know, at least seven to eight targets. And, you know, what A.J. Green can do, even though he has a hamstring problem with seven to eight targets, is, I think, worth much more than a ton of other guys. So, yeah, I like both of them. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, I don't think you're ever going to feel super comfortable with, you know, A.J. Green or Hopkins because – you know, Hopkins has just been so underutilized is, is the word I'm going to go with. But both you, you and I have uh, Hopkins as our 16th player. I'm, I have uh, A.J. Green as my 15th player. You have him as your 17th player as long as he is playing. It appears he has a better shot this week to do so. Uh, so, I mean, I think you're firing them both up unless, you know, you've just got a stacked wide receiver core like I do in the three-sport league. I'm going to have to decide probably between the two of these guys. Um, you know, I hope, I hope you bet's the wrong one. Uh, me too. I hope I still crush your ass. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I think they're both playable. Uh, what else interesting in this game? I mean, Savage, is he a guy that you'd be willing to start in a two QB league? No, 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 no. Um, I think the only other things that are <clears throat> interesting here is like Lamar Miller, for instance, He's, uh, you know, still suffering injury problems. I, you know, I, I don't know if he practiced today. since I like great yet, but yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, but I have him at 18 at running back this week. I think that you're still going to start him, but you're certainly not going to feel great about it. Um, the tight end situation for, um, Houston is kind of interesting as well. CJ Fedorowicz or however you, you know, pronounce his name. He um, was out last week, which gave Ryan Griffin the chance to post 80 yards. And, um, I think Savage and him are pre- have a pretty good rapport with each other. But the problem is I think Fedorowicz is going to return this week, which kind of puts, a, makes the, you know, tight end situation a little bit muddled. Um, so if I had to go with one, I would go with Fedorowicz just because he has been the consistent guy and um, Cincinnati is in the bottom six in fantasy points per game allowed two tight ends over the last four weeks but um, it's still a situation that's kind of muddled because of the injury problems yeah I mean uh, Fedorowicz I don't even know how to say it either Uh, and I have worse I have him penciled in my lineup uh, in the three sport league because that's my one weak spot but I did pick up Jack Doyle and I, I may just move him over there just to be on the safe side um, you know, and make sure I'm getting something. But I mean, Doyle's not a you know a consistent target either. So, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of Miller, I don't think Miller's going to play in this game. He didn't practice today. Uh, you know, he's really having a hard time with the knee. I know they're saying he's working really hard to try to get back, but that to me, that's uh, you know, a sign of uh, you know, let's l- let's not you know destroy the guy we just signed to a long term long term contract. So. 
I got a feeling Miller does not play in this game, uh, it being on Saturday and a day early. So uh, I, I would try to plan for another option. If he does play, Cincinnati isn't great against the run. So, uh, I, I mean, he, he's obviously a top 20, 25 option. But, I, you know, to me, if I'm... If, if I've got anybody that I feel is going to give me something, because the last thing you need is him to get injured in the first, or re-injure his ankle in the first quarter and be done for the whole game, I think I probably would move him down my ranks. I have him 21st right now, um, but I think I might move him behind Rawls and, and Powell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't play either, you can't play um, Akeem Dent or Hunt. I'm sorry, Akeem Hunt or Alfred Blue, who would be you know getting the majority of the no. snaps behind him. So it'd be pretty much like a you know just a dead. It, it would be know, a really a ugly timeshare. Yeah, it'd be a dead position. You can't play it. No, and obviously you're firing up Jeremy Hill because he's getting all the touches. Yeah, all right, Cincinnati versus Houston. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna go with Houston. Cincinnati in the upset. You and I have been opposite on every game, so either like both of us are going to do mediocre, or one person is going to do great, or the other person and it's going to be like really I've been, weird. I've been up for like thirty six straight hours, so who the fuck knows at this point? <laughs> 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 All right, let's move into the Sunday games. Uh, we're going to move quickly because, uh, like I said, I've been up for way too many hours, and I got to go cook dinner. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. Mike, what's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely an Antonio Brown week. Um, but, it better be after last fucking week. Well, Jimmy Smith is still not practicing, which means he's probably going to be out, and that's their top cover corner. Not that a, a corner can cover Antonio Brown anyways, but um, you know, with their top guy being out, it's going to be a real you know problem for them. But um, I, I really love Kenneth Dixon in this game. I know he had a down week last week. He ended up only playing 15% of the snaps compared to, you know, 26% or something for, um, or I'm sorry, he only played 26% compared to 45% um, for Terrence West. But I think that it's going to reverse this week. I expect the Steelers to be up and um, Kenneth Dixon is obviously the better receiver. Um, so I, I really like Dixon as a running back too, especially in PPR for this week. Um, Eli Rogers, I like as a sneaky uh, start as well because of Ladarius Green probably going to be out with a concussion and um, they need somebody kind of down the middle of the field to emerge. And I think Eli Rogers is that guy for the Steelers. So I think that you can, you possibly put him in as a wide receiver three, four in deeper formats as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Rogers guy, but Jesse James is a guy I wouldn't mind firing up. Uh, if I was desperate uh, with, with Ladarius green, I think he could get some, some play uh, over the middle as uh Roethlisberger's safety valve. Uh, I've been waiting. For, I've been waiting for the Kenneth Dixon train to really get rolling uh, since I talked about him so uh, glowingly in the preseason. I'm not willing to bank on that necessarily. This game, I do have him as a top, I think 25 option. So I mean, he, he's in the RB two flex area if you need him. But I mean, hopefully you've got, uh, you know, hopefully you got some better options uh, uh, to roll out personally. Um, Let's see. I mean, obviously, Antonio Brown's amazing. Uh, the the entire Ravens wide receiver core is unreliable. Um, Dennis Pitta. I, I like Dennis Pitta this week. Yeah, and I think you can play Mike Wallace. I mean, revenge game yeah, narrative. Yeah, no, so. revenge game. He's played for like six teams since Pittsburgh. No, but Steel, the Steelers, he he legitimately is mad at. Like he still will find a way <laughs> to you know get into their get into their head a bit. So I, I like I like Wallace in this game. Yeah, 
you and your fucking narratives. Dude, narratives, uh, to quote my our buddy Sigmund Bloom, um, he, he says that narratives, there's a room for narratives in fantasy football, and I completely agree. There is, but not on my goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore, who you got? Pittsburgh. Oh, let's see. It's in Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Uh, Denver at Kansas City. Is there is there going to be any points scored in this game by the <laughs> offense? Um, maybe. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> maybe not either way. I mean, I'm, you're starting both of the uh, Denver receivers. I think that, you know, having Semyon back is going to be fine for both of them. Um, the Chiefs. I'm not playing Tyree Kill. I understand that you know he did a, he had three touchdowns in his last game against Denver, so you can certainly you know bank on that. But Jeremy Macklin is getting more involved, and um, we only saw Tyree Kill get one touch last week, and it went for 65 yard touchdown. So if he doesn't do that, and it goes for like you know uh, you know a 15 yard screen pass instead, then nobody's talking about playing him this week against Denver secondary. Um, so I'm not going to be rolling with Tyree Kill. I, I think that you're you know giving yourself a massive amount of risk. Um, if you end up doing so, but I do like Spencer Ware against a Denver, you know, a Denver middle of the Denver defense that has struggled all season long to really um, stop running backs, running games for that matter, and uh, tight ends. So I like Kelsey. I like Spencer Ware. But um, other than that, I'm really not looking at anything from the Chiefs, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory for the Broncos. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, so I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Uh, Chiefs, Broncos, who you got? Broncos in the upset. Chiefs at home. Uh, let's uh, let's go uh, Monday Night Football, Detroit at Dallas. Which takeaway? Somehow, some way, Zeke is getting better as the season goes Dude, on. Dude, he is an and... absolute beast. I was, you know, at, we you know we mentioned it earlier that I was wrong on him, but I'll, I'll say it again: I was so wrong on him. And I mean, half of it's the offensive line, but I mean, no, it, there's just, in, I mean, watching him just carry people. Yeah. Just he, carry people. Not only is four it four or five yards. Yeah. Not only is it the elusiveness and the suddenness and the quickness, but it's, it's the ability to have so much power and yeah, I mean, just be able to carry people across the field. He, I mean, when he was running against the Bucks D, um, they've been really good at stopping run run games for a while now, and they made the Buccaneers linebackers and defensive line um, look like they were children out there. And I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying that just to say it. I mean, it legitimately, he looks like a man amongst boys, and I feel like he is getting better as the season goes on. Um, you know, th- this game is pretty self-explanatory as well. Um, Golden Tate is an automatic start. He has been one of the uh, top seven target leaders over the last four weeks, so you can definitely feel good about him um I, we don't know about Theo Riddick le- yet in this game but if he does play I think that there's a viable uh, he is a vo- viable start I don't have him ranked because I don't think he will but um yeah I do think that Riddick is a, a viable option but other than that I think it's pretty self-explanatory yeah Des Bryant is, is a start uh Cole Beasley I think is a an interesting flex play in deeper formats uh, especially PPR leagues obviously uh you know he has as many points scored as Des Bryant does this year <laughs> at least in standard scoring so uh yeah pretty self-explanatory i think as well all right dallas uh verse is uh detroit who you got mike dallas i'm gonna take detroit in the upset whatever 
<laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up, Mike. Tell us what you're working on, where you've reached. Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at Mike Werner FWFB. Sorry, my voice is given out. I haven't used it in a while, so that that happens. But um, yeah, just uh, check out the site, friendswithfantasybenefits.com. We have baseball going on. Um, you know, just check it all out. You can reach me on Twitter at Justin Mason F WFB. Uh, please feel free to give us a rate and review. Uh, check everything we've got going on, friendsfantasybenefits.com. Baseball coming up, going into full swing January. I think me and Mike are going to continue to try to record uh, during the playoffs in case you're in playoff challenges. And I, I'll set up a playoff challenge league. So if you're interested in that, hit me up on friendsfantasybenefits.com uh, or via the email, uh, friendsfantasybenefits at gmail.com, uh, either Mike or Mike's Twitter or at fantasybenefits. Uh, Twitter, uh, and we'll get, we're gonna do the NFL league, uh, NFL.com league again. Uh, it was a lot of fun last year. I think Eli won that or something like that last year. Uh, congratulations to Ben Briggs. Uh, if you're still listening, he won the, uh, um, the eliminator challenge beating me in week 14. Oh, wow. Uh, we both were undefeated through week 14. I switched my pick at the last minute. Isn't uh, that the way it always goes down? Yeah, Ty Montgomery style. Yeah, and screwed myself. I can't remember who. Oh, I took I took uh, uh, the Cowboys over the Giants <laughs> in whatever week that was. Was that week fourteen, week thirteen? Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, he ended up winning that. Um, so uh, congratulations to him. Congrats, Ben. Uh, that that that's a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome achievement. And I believe he's still going. Like I believe he he's continued to pick, and he hasn't gotten any wrong. I'm gonna double wow, check. That's impressive. That's um, impressive. Yeah, I'm gonna double check it real quick as I talk. Uh, give us a rate and review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, and uh, yeah, keep. Uh, Have a merry Christmas. Yeah, Have a merry Christmas, everybody, or a happy holidays if you want to be politically correct. But that is. True. Please, please have a Merry Christmas and stay safe out there. Yes, Ben Briggs is still undefeated. Has not lost yet. <laughs> That's All crazy. Right. Uh, that is going to wrap us up for Mike and myself. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic football season. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.